Story 14 of Japanese Fairy World Stories from the Wonderlore of Japan by William Elliot Griffiths This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian The Tengus or the Elves with Long Noses After Hokusai Curious creatures are the Tengus with the head of a hawk and the body of a man. They have very hairy hands or paws with two fingers, and feet with two toes. They are hatched out of eggs, and have wings and feathers until fully grown. Then their wings molt, and the stumps are concealed behind their dress, which is like that of a man. They walk, when grown up, on clogs a foot high, which are like stilts, as they have but one support instead of two, like the sort which men wear. The Tengus strut about easily on these without stumbling. The Dai Tengu, or master, is a solemn-faced, scowling individual with a very proud expression and a nose about eight finger-breadths long. When he goes abroad, his retainers march before him for fear he might break his nose against something. He wears a long grey beard down to his girdle and moustaches to his chin. In his left hand he carries a large fan made of seven wide feathers. This is the sign of his rank. He has a mouth, but he rarely opens it. He is very wise and rules over all the Tengus in Japan. The Karasu, or Crow Tengu, is a black fellow with a long beak in place of where his nose and mouth ought to be. He looks as if someone had squeezed out the lower part of his face and pulled his nose down so as to make a beak like a crow's. He is the Dai Tengu's lictor. He carries the axe of authority over his left shoulder to chop bad people's heads off. In his right fist, his master's book of wisdom and roll of authority. Even these two, highest in authority in Tenguland, are the servants of the great Lord Kampira, the long-haired patron of sailors and mountaineers. The greatest of the Dai Tengu lived in Kurama Mountain and taught Yoshitsune. This lad, while a pupil in the monastery, would slip out in the evening when the priests thought him asleep and come to the king of the Tengus who instructed him in military arts, in cunning, magic and wisdom. Every night the boy would spread the roll of wisdom before him and sit at the feet of the hoary-headed Tengu and learn the strange letters in which Tengu wisdom is written. While the long-nosed servant Tengus, propped up on their stilt clogs, looked on. The boy was not afraid, but quickly learned the knowledge which birds, beasts and fishes have, how to understand their language and to fly, swim and leap like them. When a Tengu stumbles and falls down on his nose, it takes a long while to heal, and if he breaks it, the doctor puts it in splints like a broken arm until it straightens out and heals up again. 
Some of the amusements in Tengu land are very curious. A pair of young Tengus will fence with their noses as if they were foils. Their faces are well protected by masks, for if one Tengu should poke his nose into the other's eye, he might put it out, and a blind Tengu could not walk about because he would be knocking his nose against everything. Two old Tengus with noses nearly two feet long sometimes try the strength of their face handles. One fellow has his beak straight up in the air like a supporting post, while the other sits a yard off with his elastic nose stretched across like a tightrope and tied with twine at the top of the other one's nose. On this tight nose rope, a little tango boy with a tiny pug only two inches long dances a jig. He holds an umbrella in his hand, now dancing and now standing upon one foot. The tango daddy, whose nose serves as a tent pole, waves his fan and sings a song, keeping time to the dance. There is another tengu who sometimes quarrels with his wife, and when angry, boxes her ears with his nose. A lady tengu who is inclined to be literary and sentimental, writes poetry. When the mood seizes her, she ties the pen to her nose, dips it in ink, and writes a poem on the wall. A tengu painter makes a long-handled brush to whitewash the ceiling by strapping it to his nose. Sometimes the little tengus get fighting, and then the feathers fly as they tear each other with their little claws, which have talons on them sharp like a chicken's, but which when fully grown look like hands. All the big tengus are fond of trying the strength of their noses and how far they can bend them up and down without breaking. They have two favourite games of which they sometimes give exhibitions. The player has long strips of iron cash, that is one hundred of the little iron coins with a square hole in the centre. Several of these he slides on a rope like buttons on a string or counters on a wire. Then he lifts them off with the tip of his nose. Sometimes his nose bends so much under the weight that the coins slip off. Whichever Tengu can pick off the greater number of strings without letting any slip, wins the game, and is called Ohana, the King of Noses. Another balances hoops and poles on his nose and throws balls through the hoops, or he poises a saucer of water on the tip of his nose without spilling a drop. Another fellow hangs a bell from the ceiling. Then, with a handkerchief tied loosely round his head, he pulls his nose back like a snapping turtle's beak, and then suddenly lets go. His nose then strikes the bell and rings it. It hurts very much, but he does not mind it. The Tengus have one great fault. They love liquor too much. They often get drunk. They buy great casks of rice wine, sling them round their necks, and drink out of long cups shaped like their faces, 
using the nose for a handle. A drunken Tengu makes a funny sight as he staggers about with his big wings drooping and flapping round him and the feathers trailing in the mud and his long nose limp, pendulous and groggy. When the master of the Tengus wishes to see the flowers, which means to go on a picnic, he punishes his drunken servant by swinging the box of eatables over the fellow's red nose. Putting the end over his shoulders, he compels the sot to come along. It sobers the fellow, for the weight on his nose and the pulling on it hurts dreadfully and often makes him squeal. Oyama, a mountain near Tokyo, is said to be full of these long-nosed elves, but many other mountains are inhabited by them, for they like lonely places away from men. Dancers often put on masks like the Tengu's face, and dance a curious dance which they call the Tengu's quadrille. The Tengu's are very proud fellows, and think themselves above human beings. They are afraid of brave men, however, and never dare to hurt them. They scare children, especially bad boys. They watch a boy telling lies and catch him. Then the Tengu's pull out his tongue by the roots and run away with it. When a Tengu walks, he folds his arms, throws back his head till his nose is far up in the air, and struts around as if he were a daimyo. When a man becomes vain and carries his nose too high, the people say he has become a Tengu. End of the Tengus or the Elves with Long Noses